Welcome to the B-Squared Podcast. Welcome back to the B-Squared Podcast, everybody. It's been a minute. Been a minute since we recorded, but it is Kent Carpenter, one of your co-hosts, alongside... Alex Wiesen, we are back after a long-awaited two-week break. Long time. Been a minute since we recorded. Super excited to be back, guys. Uh, we're just going to get this episode rolling. This is our 2020 sports recap. Obviously jumping into 2021, hoping it goes a little better than 2020. We're just going to run back a few things that happened in this crazy year in sports um, to kind of remind you guys about where we came from and where we are now. Alex, you want to dive into it? Yes. First off, excited to be back, Kent. Can't wait. Uh, let's just hop right into it. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to start off with January 2020, a whole year ago. Unfortunately, you know, 2020 started off terrible with uh, the death of Kobe Bryant in January uh, and that terrible helicopter crash. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, he passed away like less than 20 miles from my house, um, less than five miles from where my dad actually works. Um, on his way to play a tournament where I played basketball for most of my life. So definitely hit home. That was just started the year off in such a bad way. Yeah, it's you know, it's crazy to think that obviously that was so terrible and we thought, wow, twenty twenty already sucks. That was this, just this the year. Beginning. Yep. That was the beginning. It was terrible. One thing that we you know we did like here. The Houston trash sorry, the Houston Astros, my bad. Trash can, bang bang. Punished for sign stealing scandal. Definitely not enough punishment. You know, they lost two years of draft picks and yep. got fined five million dollars. Woo, you know. Yeah, like that's a big deal for a big franchise like that. But, you know, even though it wasn't enough, we'll cover later why the year kind of made up for it in a way. Um, but yeah, no, they uh Suspend AJ um, Hinch for a year, as well as the uh, GM Jeff Luno for a year from baseball. Both of them. Um, obviously, we know AJ Hinch is now back with the uh, Tigers, but he was suspended for a year at that point, uh, along with their GM. And then their players came out and did some poor ap- apologies that nobody liked. Carlos Correa, man, can we? Oh, appreciate that guy. <laughs> the worst. But um, yeah, number three for January, Joe Burrow leads the Louisiana State. University Tigers to a perfect season. One of the first ever, I think, where they go 15-0. Um, yeah, 15-0. Something crazy. Um, and they, they won the national championship. And what a year from Joe Burrow. That was a highlight of January um, early with the national championship. And kind of those three things, I think, kind of highlighted January sports. Um, Kobe passing away, uh, which was tragic. The Astros not getting punished enough, which was frustrating. And then Joe Burrow with his you know beautiful season you know, culminating in a championship, which was awesome to watch. And then that just iconic photo of him smoking that cigar in the locker room after the dub. Hell yeah. And then, of course, Odell Beckham, you know, getting the team in trouble with that money. <laughs> He's been suspended from campus for, what, five years now because of that? <laughs> Something like that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jumping into February. February starts off with a bang. Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl in February, obviously, which, what was their, it was their first Super Bowl since, what, 19... 19- 70, I think. It was like 40 or 50 years, yeah. yeah. a long time between Super Bowls for them. Kind of what's your take on, on the Mahomes and Chiefs kind of dynasty, and how long do you think this success will last? I mean, that that really solidified the deal for Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes has already been talked about as, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks, and he's been in the league. This was, what, third season? Yeah. And obviously it paid for him because he got a $500 million contract this last year. The biggest in sports. And so, you know, I think Mahomes proved that he's a star. Granted, the one thing I do think is you got to look at, he's got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Yes. He's got this insane wide receiver core. Like, I feel like if almost any quarterback had that core, they're going to not necessarily put up numbers Mahomes putting up, but they're going to put up big numbers like that. Yeah. So I kind of, I do like Patrick Mahomes. I think he does some impressive things, but... I do think he's a little overrated in my opinion. My one response to that is look at his running game. Like, who was his running back last year? Can you name him? Something Williams? I mean... Damian Williams, I think, right? Like, and that guy opted out this year. And they got Le'Veon Bell, but he's not what he used to be. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been injured. 
Like, he, the guy has basically no running game, and he's still putting up crazy numbers. Like, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, he has Aaron Jones, who's a top-tier running back, right? Like, most quarterbacks who are at an elite you know, level have somewhat of a running game. I just don't see the Chiefs having that, and that's why I think Mahomes' accomplishments are even more impressive. It's a fair point. It's a fair yeah. point. But, yeah, you know, it was an impressive Super Bowl win. The fact that they trailed, what, 20 and every game except for the Super Bowl? Yeah, and they, well, they trailed 14 in the Super Bowl, yeah. I think, too. So they were, every game was making big comebacks. It was great football to watch. It was actually the last big sporting event with a ton of fans at it. So last big sporting event was the Super Bowl in February. Yeah. With a bunch of fans. It's crazy. It, it, but, true. But, you know, big Andy Reid guy. Yeah. Love Andy Love Reed. the stash. You know, it's all good. Now, next up in February, this, this I think, was probably Kent and I's favorite moment for a while. Yes, for a of little the year. bit. <laughs> the Los Angeles Dodgers acquire Mookie Betts, David Price, and Bruce Star Gratterall, and as long with Luke Rayleigh. From uh, Boston and Minnesota in exchange for Alex Verdugo, Connor Wong, Jeter Downs, and Kenta Maeda. Let's simply say this. At the time of the deal, we we robbed the Red Sox. Yes. It kind of, I think, in the end worked out for both teams. Alex Verdugo is a good foot fit there. He's going to be a star. Jeter Downs is probably going to be their next big shortstop uh, after Xander Bogarts is out of there. Yep. Um, He's a great prospect. It, it was, it was a, I think it was a huge deal. Obviously, you saw what Mookie Betts did. MVP level player. Exactly. Bruce Star Gratterall is going to be insane. And I'm, I'm excited to see what David Price does. I think, you know, he's obviously not going to be what he was in the beginning of his career. But I think coming to L.A. is definitely it's definitely going to boost his game from what he was in Boston a yes. little bit. And a year, a year off of that arm. That arm got to rest. You know what I mean? That let's, is let's, true. Let's see how he comes back after basically a year and a half worth of rest. Um, hopefully he can match. Because obviously we gave up Kenta Maeda, who's a Cy Young level pitcher at his best. Let's see if David Price can get back to what he was. Um, and that is an elite-level pitcher. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be interested to see how, how far down this trade goes in terms of how Verdugo's progression looks. But we know what we got in Mookie Betts. Yeah. Moving to March. This was pretty much – this is the moment that basically changed. I, I don't want to be extra about it, but we're going to be extra. Mm-hmm. Basically changed, if you think about it. Humanity, yes, as we know no, it, you know, life has not been the same. Rudy Gobert back in March test positive for COVID 19, and let's be real, Rudy Gobert's positive test is really what I think shut everything down because that showed that you know these athletes are getting it. It all the leagues, sports leagues started shutting down, and then you know, basically after that, the country started shutting down. Yes, that almost was the turning point of taking COVID seriously. It really was, yeah. So it was, it was super interesting, you know, we'd heard. Hey, this virus is like you know spreading out of China, and oh, we don't need to worry about it. We've got the border secure, and then Rudy Gobert gets it. Everything goes to hell, you know. Just everything collapsed, and it was such an interesting week. We got um, just Alex and I got sent home from school, um, lost our internships, just everything just kind of uh, fell apart. It was crazy. So that that kind of centered around Rudy Gobert testing positive for COVID nineteen. Also canceled. The Tokyo Olympics for twenty twenty for twenty twenty, and they got moved to twenty twenty one. So March, nothing happens in sports because, literally, everything got shut down that month. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy to think though. You know, the Tokyo Olympics got postponed till this summer. Uh, obviously, we're up in twenty twenty one now. Yeah. But based on how things are looking, COVID's actually going to be worse than it was in twenty twenty. Honestly, it's it doesn't feel like it's getting better, but. The reality is that sports are still going on amidst this, and so that's what I think has been good about this. Is hey, yeah, we might not be able to, you know, go do this, or you know, the bowling alleys are closed and restaurants are takeout, but at least I can turn on a Laker game, you know. Very true. So, moving on to April, there. This is where we start to see that COVID has taken a toll on our lives. Basically, the big the big news of April: Joe Burrow's drafted number one overall in the NFL draft yep. by the Bengals. And then obviously you have Chase Young at two. Yep. Uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, who we'll talk about later at number six of the Chargers. We're getting a little bit of football in the B Squared podcast. Don't call it anything more than it is. We're not going to become a football podcast, but we will talk a little bit about some NFL stuff today. Yes, sir. But yeah, Joe Burrows, uh, obviously, what can you say? He unfortunately got injured. He has no protection with that offensive line in uh, Cincinnati. And then, you know, we got Justin Herbert, who put up an insane year. Uh, 
I don't think anyone was expecting to see what we saw Justin Herbert do. Uh, he's been unbelievable for you know what kind of his expectation was um, coming into the year as supposed to be a backup to Tyrod Taylor. So, <laughs> and then the doctor had other plans there with that punctured lung. But popped his lung. I mean, damn. <laughs> I, you know, I, I honestly forgot about that for a second until you brought up Tyrod yeah, Taylor. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. Like, Herbert probably wasn't even going to start this year, but Tyrod Taylor's lung got popped. So, uh, unbelievable. I feel bad for Tyrod because I, I actually love Tyrod Taylor as a player. Uh, but, yeah, moving on to May, the world sits at home because nothing happened in sports. I feel like May was kind of – they're getting all the plans together to get baseball started, to get the NBA bubble set up. Um, and kind of figuring everything out, but it was so boring. I got a job that month at a hardware store. It was just unbelievably boring. I, you know, would go on my phone and click the ESPN app, and it would literally just have like, you know, like nothing. It would just be empty. No live sports at all. I drove 30 hours of Postmates a week. Jeez. Uh, that's what I did in May. No sports, no lives for Alex and I, because that's all we do. Um, yeah, moving on to June. You want to start this one off? Yeah, so. June, uh, we saw NASCAR. Uh, we're back at NASCAR. Just a disclaimer. We're still working on the B-Squared Racing team. B-Squared Racing will come soon. Elon Musk, uh, Toyota, they really haven't reached out. But, you know, I get it. They're busy. We'll, we'll reach out to them again. But We'll get to them. Uh, yeah, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace, uh, he finds a noose in his garage. And it kind of started this whole social injustice movement throughout NASCAR. Yes. And... You kind of we started seeing a lot of change in NASCAR, yeah, and just in society as a whole after that moment. And one of the biggest things that I thought was interesting is they they finally banned the Confederate flag from being at at races in NASCAR. And to me, the fact that it's 2020 and you're finally banning a flag that should not be flown is, hey, it's a step in the right direction. Um, should have been done a long time ago that fans were having Confederate flags at the the races, but. You know, glad that they're gone now, and it, you can just see a societal change of, hey, we need to be more sensitive or more open about these issues that we're facing, and I think Bubba Wallace helped bring that to the you know forefront of sports. Gotta agree with you on that one. Yeah. So, in, also in June, um, women's soccer becomes the first sport to return to play after the start of the pandemic. Just I think seeing both NASCAR and women's soccer come back, I think paved the way for other sports to kind of. Hey, we got to do this. Keep our players wearing masks on the sidelines. Test them all the time. Um, you know, keep them out of contact with fans um, for now. You know, so I think um, it's an important precedent to set that both of them. Yeah, do. I'm gonna be real with you. Like, this was like so big as far as sports returning. I, I personally, I cannot watch soccer on TV. I, I think soccer watching in person actually can be really entertaining. Yeah, uh, I've been. To a couple LA Galaxy games back home, one. and yep. and I think they're actually entertaining. In person on TV, I just can't watch. But like, I was so excited for sports to be back. I actually watched women's soccer on TV. I believe it because I did too. And like, I don't usually watch soccer. Period. So <laughs> I can't I can't watch soccer. But when there's some kind of competition going on and there's no basketball, no baseball, no football, I had to. I had to. So yeah, jumping into July. Finally got some stuff rolling. So, the uh, I, am I allowed to say this? Just say it, Kenneth. Okay. Say it. Say so it. The Washington Redskins had been that team name for a long time, over 60 years. They officially become the Washington football team. They get rid of their name as they move away from um, racially tied, you know, mascot. They don't want it to uh, seem, you know, offensive in any way to any, any people group. So, they become the Washington football team. That was big. Um, and then later in the month, Finally, Alex's favorite part of the year, MLB season returns. Yes, sir. 60-game MLB season began in, back in July. And then Kent's favorite. My favorite. The NBA bubble in Orlando brings basketball back. And I, I just got to – what they did in Orlando was extremely impressive. Um, yes. They had, what, no positive cases not out a, there? Not a single one. I think it was really impressive. And to see how the bubble was handed in Orlando compared to – how COVID affected any other professional sport. Obviously, baseball, within the first two weeks, they threatened to uh, shut it down because of the outbreaks. Yeah, The NFL had numerous outbreaks in the first couple weeks of the season. I'm surprised they got through their season. I am too. I think the reality is that the NBA did it right. They basically closed off this campus. Obviously, they had to have the money to do this. They closed off this campus, televised all the games, and made it as much like a playing environment as they could. 
and it worked. No positive cases. They played all through. They obviously had the, the boycotting during the, the social justice movement, but uh, they, they got through their season, the end of their season and the end of their playoffs with no hiccups, unlike the MLB, who had a lot of postponed games, a lot of issues with COVID. And I think seeing the NBA do that was really, really important. So, yeah, jumping into August. So, social movements and protests began, um, and that actually caused postponements of you know MLB games, NBA games, and other leagues. And I don't know how um, how long did that last? Was it a few days? Uh, well, so basketball was the first big thing. Um, it it started with Milwaukee. I don't remember what his name was, but it was that seventeen year old with a gun in um, Wisconsin. And that I think that's what really struck the, the shutdown with yes. Milwaukee. So Milwaukee canceled games, then yes. the Brewers took behind, and then at a point, I think every MLB and NBA team postponed games, and that went on for about a week. I think it did. Yes, kind of just hey, this is an issue, and they kind of you know wanted to bring it to the forefront, um, and so uh, I think it was impo- important that they did that for what they believe in. And obviously, you can disagree, you can you know believe different things, but I think. The important thing is to understand that these players are representing where they're from, um, where their families live, who they are, um, through their um, boycotting of playing, and I think it just represented that. And yeah, the, the social uh, protesting has really been going on since COVID started. It's been, it started probably back in April, I'd say. Yeah. So it had been going on for a few months, but this was the first time as a whole sports really united and spread, use their platform to spread the message. So that that would be the big sports news of August. Moving into September, yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup Finals. They did. I, I have nothing to say. I know nothing about hockey. Uh, I will say <laughs> this: Tampa Bay versus Dallas was a good series. Um, I still think Philadelphia could have made a good run at it. I think they were a good team, uh, but just did not play well in the bubble at all. Um, I think the reality is, is that the NHL bubble was actually really well handled, just similar to the NBA bubble. And I think the NHL did a good job of just keeping everybody in Canada and getting their season done as well. We are not a hockey podcast, so we're just going to move off that one because my analysis on hockey is pretty bad. Uh, so, it was better than mine. You had analysis. Yes, yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> analysis, not much. Yeah, moving to October. My the best favorite, month. The best month of the year. Though Alex and I can... Bar none agree on that. To start it off, my Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA Finals for championship number 17. Ken actually owns the Los Angeles Lakers, by the way. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm definitely the majority owner of the Lakers. Um, and I think my team winning just brought me more money. No, I'm... Uh, it's a B-squared company. B-squared, yeah, ran team. No, just to, to speak on it on a deeper level, with Kobe passing away in January, I think seeing the Lakers win a championship meant so much to me just in terms of, you know, Kobe was the Lakers. And so seeing them win and wearing the Mamba jerseys and, and winning for him, it was so important. And you can say what you want about the Mickey Mouse ring and all that stupid, you know, uh, criticism. Everybody had a chance to win. And every it's not like we were playing against college teams. We played against NBA teams. We beat the Nuggets, who had Jokic and Murray. We beat the Rockets, who had Harden and Westbrook. We beat the Trailblazers, who had Lillard and McCollum. And we beat the Heat, who had Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Dragic, who was injured. Uh, and I think it's just so funny when people criticize it in any way and say it's not legitimate. And you got Tyler Hero was dropping insane numbers off the bench. Tyler Hero put up 40 against the, the Bucks. Yeah. And we kind of shut him down. So um, Now he's a rap icon. You know, Everyone's um, writing songs about him. Tyler Hero. No, but that was just a great way to start off October. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it was really impressive, especially because... I think a lot of people, after seeing what the Heat did in the bubble, yeah, they the Heat kind of became the new favorite to win. Yes. So, the fact that you know that was a good series. Granted, the Heat did have some players injured, um, but I think the Lakers were going to win it anyways. They really came out to play. Anthony Davis was on his game. He was. Uh, LeBron was on his game. LeBron's always on his game. <laughs> LeBron well, is phenomenal. Yeah, you know, Kent was really excited about that. And then we have like literally two weeks later. The Los Angeles Dodgers finally break the 32-year-old drought. 32 years. Third now. World Series uh, appearance in four years, and we finally win it. Yep, finally got a W. Great series against the Rays. The Rays played really well, but the Dodgers are the Dodgers. And, yeah, you know, the, we were we were down 3-1 in the NLCS against the Braves, and we came back, 
got to the World Series, and got you know we just took control. Yep. Yep. Seeing Clayton Kershaw break his kind of postseason curse was amazing. And Dodgers championship two weeks after the Lakers championship, I was on a pretty nice high for that month. So. And you know, Kent Kent literally just got his uh. Three months later, he got his uh, City of Champions flag. It literally just came in today. It we just came in. We picked him up. Picked him up from the airport. Then uh, we took him to get his flag <laughs> from the mail center. Uh, it has the Lakers and the Dodgers logo on it. It says City of Champions for 2020. L.A., baby. That's going in the middle of the room. Definitely the centerpiece. And, you know, just a, a feel-good story that from October that kind of, I think, everyone just respects. Uh, Alex Smith, the Washington football team. Yep. Turns to football after a gruesome leg injury in 2018. It was um, bad. He he was on the verge of getting it amputated, and then at points he had an infection where he almost died. You know, there's thoughts he might not ever walk again, let alone play football again. And he comes back. He as a backup at this point, but you know, ultimately he ends up becoming a starter, and he led them to the fo- uh, to the playoffs, playoffs yep. this week. I just want to give a little perspective on Alex Smith. How many surgeries have you had, Alex? I've had two, but I've had seven concussions. Yes, I've had two surgeries as well. We combined have had four. Alex Smith had 17 surgeries on his leg. 17. Like, that's just the amount of time in a hospital recovering, you know, you know, under anesthesia. I can't even imagine what this guy went through, and now he's leading his team to the playoffs. Just a feel-good story. Yeah, and just, just the duo with him and uh, Ron Rivera, who's literally getting chemo treatment at halftime for the first half of the season. Yeah. It, it's just, it's insane, you know. The Washington football team, that clearly their name sums up 2020. Yes. Uh, with that creativity. But you you can't not, like, I'm a Cowboys be fan. inspired by that. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I have no issue seeing Alex Smith in the playoffs, which is surprising for me to say. So, yeah, just jumping into November. Kim Ng makes history. Talk about that, Alex. So Kim Ng, like we talked about uh, back on our Women in Sports episode about a month back, Kim Ng becomes the first female GM pretty much hired in any professional sport. So basically she's the highest affiliate in any North American sport. Um, She's been in baseball for over 20 years. And, you know, she she deserves it. I'm really excited to see what the Marlins do. Uh, the Marlins obviously have a young core, and I think they have a bright future. Yep. And, um, you know, Kim Ng, a really special moment in sports history for society. Yep, big time for sports. I think it's really cool to see her, as, especially as a former Dodger associate, to get a job. And it's just really inspiring um, to see just, just breaking boundaries that hadn't been broken before, especially in baseball. And baseball has kind of been that sport that breaks boundaries. Jackie Robinson... Um, Kim Ng, you know, different uh, people that had not been accepted in this sport before, now getting accepted in certain roles, and I love to see it. And after, since Kim Ng's got hired, we've kind of seen a whole hiring of, and females being successful. You know, we just saw Becky Hammond yes, be the become first. the first NBA female coach after uh, Greg Popovich got ejected. Yeah, yeah um, well, especially against the Lakers, too. So... It was definitely cool to see that, especially against the Lakers, because I was watching the game and say, hey, wow, this is history that I'm watching. Um, it's something just, just cool to see in, in the year 2020. So, yeah, jumping into December, the NBA comes back. My Lakers, the defending champs, are back. Um, that we will get into in another episode. We'll get into the beginning of the season takes for basketball. Watch out for that coming up next. Um, and then tell them about baseball, Alex. Well, you know, Baseball was uh, shocked a little bit by the Padres a few weeks ago. Within 24 hours, the Padres trade for Blake Snell and you, Darvish. Unbelievable. Uh, first of all, we projected that Blake Snell was going to get traded. I think you did. Months ago. Yes. Uh, like literally the day after the World Se- or the episode after the World Series, I think I said something about that. Yeah. Uh, and basically, the Rays are rebuilding after being two wins away from the World Series. Yeah. So, Which don't know what's going on there. Crazy to me. You, um, Darvish. That was like a surprising move, period. That Didn't you know, expect that at all. and I think the Cubs or the Cubs got underpaid for it. To be honest, I think the Padres stole you, Darvish. Yep. Yep. Uh, but the rotation in San Diego is just going to be insane. Yes, Especially obviously. Once Clevenger, once Clevenger comes back, back in uh, twenty-two, he's yep. recovering from Tommy John right now. But yes. yeah, that's that's going to be a deadly rotation, and I I definitely will get into what I think, but. Uh, 
the Padres are going to be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, you're about to hear our predictions. Alex and I actually differ on this in terms of how the Padres are going to do, but I think with that hitting lineup, they were absolutely filthy last year, and now adding, you know, Darvish, who's a Cy Young level pitcher, and Blake Snell, who has won a Cy Young. I don't know if Darvish has won one. I didn't don't think he won one with Texas. Your Darvish, I believe, was second yes. overall recently. And so I, this I year, actually, wasn't he? Yes, I, can't, I believe he came in second to Bauer. Um, and it's just really interesting to me that the, both the Cubs and the Rays were willing to give up on these guys. These are kind of star players. Like the Cubs don't have many other stars besides Darvish. They have obviously Rizzo and Bryant's not very good anymore. But uh, I was really interested to see them just give up on Darvish. And, you know, the funny thing is, uh, after the Cubs traded you, Darvish, uh, they also traded their one of their catchers, Victor Caratini, with Darvish. He's a personal catcher, yeah. Yep. Jed Hoyer, the new GM, stated, oh, don't worry, the Cubs are still planning on being competitive. Like, what? You're trading away your stars. Uh, obviously, Schwarber walked. Yes. Obviously, he's not one of their stars anymore. But you're, you're losing half your team. Crazy. To so watch. I don't know how you're competing this year. But, um, no, they won't be. Yeah, and did you actually hear about how Victor Caratini found out he was traded? He got texted. Uh, he, he texted you Darvish saying, wow, you got traded, and you Darvish said, like, so did you. So did you. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, that just shows how social media literally, it's, it's insane. It's they, nuts. They're telling, we know people got traded before they know they got traded. I can't believe nobody reaches out to him and is like, hey, you got traded. To, like, tell them. You know what I mean? Tell the players first. I mean, they're supposed to, but, you know, it's Ken just, Rosenthal and Joel Sherman and John Heyman, they're just, they're all insane it with It just that. leaks. You know, Adrian Wojnarowski in basketball, it's, yes. it's insane. Shams Charania as well. It's crazy. But we're going to jump into our 2021 predictions. We just recapped the year for you guys. We're going to dive into what we think is going to happen in 2021. Um, we got stuff that's coming up. The college football playoff national championship. What are you yeah. predicting? Okay, so obviously this isn't as hard of a prediction. Uh, we literally, the championship is next week. Yes. So we got Alabama and Ohio State. Yep. Personally, I'm going to go with Alabama on this one. I just think Mac Jones, Najee Harris, they're all. Yes. They, Devon, they, Devontae Smith. Devontae probably, Smith, probably he's going to win the Heisman. Heisman. Yeah. It's either going to be him or Mac Jones. Like, there's a good chance Alabama's going to have the Heisman winner. Yeah. But it, it, they just have an insane team. I'm not an Alabama fan. No, I hate Alabama. I, I like LSU, but Alabama is just unstoppable this year. And I don't know how. I don't know if Ohio State has a chance against them. Here's why I'll pick. Why I'll pick Ohio State. It's, number one, I just don't like Alabama. Don't want to see them win again. I just think Justin Fields is going to go off. I've been a Justin Fields fan this whole year. You can ask one of my roommates who's been a Mac Jones fan. I've been a Justin Fields fan. Um, and I think he's going to go crazy. I think he's going to outplay Mac Jones, and they're going to win the game by three. So, yeah, let's dive into our next one. Who do you think is going to be the Super Bowl champ, Alex? Alrighty, my prediction. Bias time. There is a little bit bias behind this, but I'll explain why okay. I think. Okay. I, I'm going to go with Green Bay defeating Buffalo okay. in the Super Bowl. Buffalo. Now I am I am a Green Bay Packers fan. Fair. But here's why I think. First of all. Aaron Rodgers has been insane this year. He's been crazy. Devontae Adams has been insane. Best receiver in the league. Aaron Jones has been insane. Top running back, yeah. We have an insane secondary. Our our, our front in the defense is... They can't stop the run for their lives. Fair. But our secondary has been phenomenal. Jair Alexander is really good. Exactly. And just like seeing how our offensive line stepped up, especially with David Bakhtiari... Uh, yeah. Tearing his ACL in practice this last week. Unbelievable. The last time Green Bay had home field advantage through the entire playoffs, which they do this year, was 2011, and that was the last time they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I just think, how are you going to beat Green Bay in the frigid weather? Like, most of the teams aren't used to playing weather like that. No, Green Bay does it all season. I, I just think that's going to give them an edge, like regardless of fans. Without the fans, it's going to be hard. That, that's, Green Bay is one of the places where you can truly say without fans is a home field advantage. Yes. And obviously, Buffalo's unstoppable right now. I just That's why I think they're going to go out of the AFC, but I think Green Bay is going to have the edge over them. Yeah. My prediction for that is uh, Super Bowl's Kansas City over New Orleans. I think Patrick Mahomes turns it up even more. I think the AFC Championship is going to be Buffalo versus... Um, Kansas City, I think Kansas City is going to win by three in that game, and then I see New Orleans 
potentially, if Drew Brees can play well, I think that their defense is so complete, as well as their offensive weapons with Michael Thomas back, I could see them getting the Super Bowl one last time in Drew Brees' career, but then I see Patrick Mahomes beating them. I just, I can't stand the Packers, uh, even though I'm sitting next to a Packers fan, so I don't want to put them in the Super Bowl. And I don't know if they can run the ball well enough and protect Aaron Rodgers well enough without Bakhtiari. I think him going down is absolutely huge because the offensive line is so much of what you do in football that I just, I'm interested to see if they can play as well. Obviously, they killed the Bears, but let's be real, it's the Bears. I want to see if they can do it against New Orleans' defense, New Orleans' front four. Um, we'll see how it goes. I think New Orleans is going to be in the NFC Championship against Green Bay, and I think yes. Kansas City is going to be against Buffalo. So yes. I agree with that. Yeah, our, our championship games are. Yeah, similar. I think they're pretty similar. We but just have different ideas of who's going to win. Exactly, what. exactly. So. Now let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the NFL MVP. Yep. You want to go first on this one? Uh, see, to go along with my Super Bowl prediction, I think it'll be Mahomes. I think he just put together another great year. I I think Rodgers has a great case for it, but I think Mahomes gets it because of name recognition as well as just. Their team being, um, you know, that good this year. Just just an unbelievable year from him. And I would have to hand it to him because of just the team's success. They lost one game with him the whole year to the Raiders. And I think it's just been interesting to, to watch him play this well for this long. Obviously a little bit of struggles towards the end of the season, but I still think he's the MVP. Uh, and I'm going to go with my Super Bowl champion. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has put up, I think, one of his best seasons of his career. Which is crazy, yeah. Um, he had a 70.8% completion record. That's the best in Green Bay history. Yep. Which, Green Bay has had their fair share of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. So that's no easy feat. Um, he's only the third player to ever put up more than 40 touchdowns with less than seven interceptions. The only other two people to do it is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and he had 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. He would have had more if Devontae played the whole season and if Marquez Valdez-Scanley could catch the ball. I, I just think you have to look at Green Bay's offensive weapons. Other than Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, not really there. Robert Tunyon had a great season. That came out of nowhere. He was a Pro Bowl snub. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers put up insane number with a less talent than Kansas City has. Agreed. So that's why I think he's more deserving of the more, MVP. More valuable. I can see that argument. I can see that. And I can't necessarily disagree with that. He had such a crazy good year. Especially, you know, let's go back maybe three, four years. He was struggling a little bit with, with McCarthy still. and I, Obviously, it was Rodgers. But, like, you know, you can call it a down year for him. And oh, they get this new coach, and he's just turned it up a new, you know, to a new level. Um, so we'll four is insane, man. Twenty six and six, I think, in his first two seasons. Yeah, like. they've been unbelievable. But yeah, let's jump into rookie of the year. Alex, give me your pick. Rookie of the year, I gotta go with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. Yeah. Joe Burrows was my favorite from the beginning of the year. Obviously, Joe Burrows got hurt. Oh, he my. couldn't do much because he didn't have offensive line. Yeah. But Justin Jefferson was insane. Let's just talk about Justin Jefferson finished fourth on the receiving yards list this year, which is insane. He put up 1,480 yards receiving, I believe, yes. and 18 touchdowns, both beating Randy Moss's records for rookies, I believe. Yeah. I just think he was unstoppable, and to see wide receiver as a, as a rookie putting up those numbers is insane. Yeah, unbelievable. What a year from him, and um, you know, especially with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, I'm not going <laughs> to... Yeah. You know, go after Kirk Cousins too much, but he's not exactly you know Mahomes or Rodgers or whatever. And you have other receivers like Kyle Rudolph and Adam Thielen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have weapons. Good players, but yeah, to finish with you know seven touchdowns for the year, fourteen hundred yards receiving, um, eighty-eight catches. What a what a year from him. Um, and respect to him, but I gotta disagree. I think it's Justin Herbert broke Baker Mayfield and Peyton Manning's rookie record for touchdown passes in a season, and he didn't even start every game. I think it's really interesting because the Chargers have the quarterback, their quarterback of the future, and Herbert, I think, is the best quarterback in this draft class. You know, Tua Tagovailoa, no. No. It's either Burrow or Herbert, and I think it's Herbert by a mile this season because he played more games. Her Burrow got hurt. I think just the impact on the game that Herbert have had is going to give him the rookie of the year, and I also think that it's because the NFL just favors quarterbacks so much. I think he's going to get it. But that 
respect to her, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, too. That is a valid point. The reason why I don't think I can give it to Justin, or excuse me, yeah, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Justin's, both of, both of us are picking Justin's. Yeah, it's one of Justin's. Her, Herbert did have a few down games in the last four games of the season. Yeah. said two or three down games. My fantasy team reflected it, but... <laughs> Uh, I think those two to three games, you know, if they're in the beginning of the season, it's one thing. But the fact that they're at the end of the season, I think that might hurt his case a little. That's but, fair. yeah, you know what? He, he did insane. I think he beat everyone's expectations for sure. Yes. And the fact that for most of the season, you know, the Chargers had a terrible record. Yeah. But for most of the season, they lost every game by one possession. So... He kept them in almost every game this season yep. until they played New England and just got blown out. But that that one was a different story. Besides all, besides that, they won their last uh, four games of the year. Justin uh, Herbert threw thirty-one touchdowns, which was tenth in the league. Um, he had you know almost forty-four hundred yards passing. That was sixth in the league. His QBR was thirteenth in the league. He was just top fifteen in a bunch of categories as a rookie who didn't even start every game. And I think the NFL just has so much quarterback bias that I think he's going to get it. But Honestly, I think Jefferson has a really good case for it as well. Um, but yeah, okay, we'll find out pretty soon. Looking forward to it. So moving to basketball, your take for who's going to be the NBA champs? I think we can actually just start talking about this together because we have the exact same take. I think all you got to say is Lakers back to back. Lakers, I, baby. They, let's just say this: the Lakers won the championship last year. They got better. Yeah, that's got, all I need to say. Dennis Schroeder's averaging 17 points, five rebounds, five assists. He is going crazy and. He's basically now our third star in addition to AD and LeBron. Mm-hmm. OKC, thank you so much for giving him to us. We're going to go back-to-back this year. I think both Alex and I are pretty set on that. Don't um, even need to yeah. argue Montrez Harrell, sixth man of the year last year. He helps us out a ton. Wesley Matthews is hitting a bunch of threes. Marcus Gasol is getting rebounds. We're going to be okay. We're yep. going to probably go back-to-back. Now, for NBA MVP, let's have this discussion. Who's your pick for that? Uh, I'm actually going to go with James Harden on this one. Yeah. He's... He's the leading scorer right now in the NBA. He's up there in assists. I think he's just playing really well in offense. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that might hurt, obviously, he's not the best defensive player. <laughs> I think his defense has picked up a little bit, but that's not yeah. saying much. No, um, not saying much. Now, also, curious to see how he works the full season with John Wall, if John Wall can stay healthy. But I love John as of right now, I'm going to go with James Harden. Yeah, I I can see that argument. I love James Harden's game here and there. I think he, you know, takes too many shots and he's, you know, kind of a ball hog to me and he turns the ball over way too much. But great player. I'm going to disagree. I think Nikola Jokic, um, Nikola, however you want to say it, uh, as my friend would call him, the big Serbian man. Uh, But I think he's going to win it. Just the numbers that he's putting up, he's had, I think, four triple doubles already, Um, maybe more. But he's putting up such crazy numbers for a team that is pretty good in the uh, in the West. Uh, he's putting up 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 13 assists as a seven foot center. Like that. That is insane. It's, it's unprecedented. We've never seen a center pass like this before. If he continues, um, you know, this stretch, he's averaging 13 assists per game, which is first in the league. Yeah, I think he's gonna win MVP. But I can see the argument for Harden as well. I think Harden maybe finished second or third. Uh, but Jokic, for me, is my MVP. All right, how about your Rookie of the Year? My NBA Rookie of the Year, James Wiseman for the um, Golden State Warriors. James Wiseman is already um, impacting the game. He started every game for his team so far, and he is just putting up great numbers. He's putting up 12 points per game, 7 rebounds, um, and you know his player efficiency rating is really good for a rookie. He's putting in really great minutes, I think, is the important thing. He's playing about 24 minutes a game for the Warriors, and I think... What the important thing is, is that I think he provides a great center for the Warriors. They haven't had a great center when Steph's been there, but he can really be, um, you know, a, a great player alongside him. You know, in his debut, um, he put up, I think, 20 points and 10 rebounds. He's been a great player. So I want to hear your take, though, on this, because I actually like your rookie and your pick a lot, and he, he was my second pick to finish behind Wiseman. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tyrese Halliburton. The The reason why I'm going to go with him is right now among rookies, he's I believe he's got the second highest points per game behind LaMelo Ball. Yeah. And, you know, he has one of the highest total assists per game. And what really struck me is he's shooting just a tad under 53%. From the field? Yep. Yeah. That, that's that's insane. Yep. 
And to be doing that as a rookie, like, honestly, I just think he's one of the best players we're seeing or as far as rookies right now offensively. Yeah. The only thing that I really think is going to hurt him is the fact that he plays for the Sacramento Kings. Yes, that will hurt him a lot is that the Kings get no love from the NBA. And I'm not a, I'm a Lakers guy, obviously. Um, I just I think, obviously, with Wiseman playing there in Golden States, he's going to get so much more attention from the media than Halliburton is. And Halliburton's averaging 10.6 a game and 4.5 and assists. I think he's a great player, and I love his game. But I just don't see him getting the same hype that Wiseman's gonna get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, you got to look at you know, awards are usually favored towards players on winning teams. Yes. So if the Kings can't come out winning, he's yeah, yeah he's not gonna get that love he deserves. Exactly. But you know, the Wiseman's not gonna be on that good of a team. The Warriors aren't good without Clay, but I think they'll get more you know attention. Right now, yeah, we'll see. Season's young. We both picking NorCal guys. Yep. So in that area, that Northern California area, which is surprising for us, but I don't even think the Lakers have any rookies this year. So is, it, is THT a rookie? No, THT's a second year guy. So okay, he's uh, insane this he's year. He's a great though. player. Love THT. But uh, we're gonna move over to baseball. Alex's forte, MLB champs. Give me your take. Alrighty. So this one is a little bit of a hot take, but I believe I mentioned this on a couple podcast episodes. I, I think the Chicago White Sox are going to make some major moves at the trade deadline, and they're going to beat the Dodgers in seven this in year. Seven, okay. That's I, interesting. I think, based on right now, the Dodgers are going to lose a lot of their depth okay. uh, as far as offensively. Uh, we don't know if we're going to get Turner back. Kike's gone. Probably going to lose Jock. We don't have that bench depth we have anymore, and we're really limited on right-handed batters. Yes. And I think... I think we're going to have enough to get to the World Series, but I just have this feeling the White Sox are really going to go all out this year, and their young core with Eloy Jimenez and Tim Anderson, um, yeah. Tim Anderson all of them, Luis Robert, they're, they're, I think they're just going to power them through the AL, and I think they're going to do what it takes and win a World Series this year. That's an interesting one. I actually I have the Padres over the Yankees in the World Series. Um, I can't stand that I'm saying the Padres, but they've just built a great organization there. Um, earlier in the in the year, I definitely said some bad things about the Padres in terms of their organization. I can't disrespect them when they pick up Snell and Darvish um, in one offseason. And I think with their hitting lineup, I think Tatis gets even better. I think Machado gets back to form like he did this year. And they scare me, man. I think it'll be Padres over Dodgers, as much as that pains me to say, um, in the NLCS. I think the Dodgers have a good shot to win because we have the veteran experience um, and the elite talent, Mookie, Bellinger, Seager. But we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. I think the Padres um, will take it. So Sadly. here's why I'm going to I'm gonna disagree. Yep. The Padres, okay, obviously the Padres probably going to end up with one of the best starting rotations in baseball. Yes. But keep in mind, they're also, their main competition is going to be the Dodgers. Yes. Now, you Darvish, I don't think is going to be as effective against the Dodgers because we had him. We know how he pitches. Him, yep. So I think we're not, I don't think we're going to have a big problem hitting you, Darvish. Sure. So I think that's where we're going to have the edge there. Offense, we we still beat the Padres in offense by far. You think so? Yeah, obviously they, they got Tatis and Machado. Yeah. But you got to think we have Seager yes. at short, so they're pretty even there. Um, third base, I will give Machado the edge offensively. Yep. But then we got Bellinger, we got Muncie, we got Pollock had an insane offensive year. Yeah, Betts. Betts. We, we have so much offense, and we have so much pitching. Yeah. And our pitching has so much potential with Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. They still have room to grow. Yes. So that's where I think we're going to lead that. Ed. Now, granted, I do think the Padres are going to be a 90-win team, but I believe the Dodgers are going to be a 100-win team. And... Both teams will be in playoffs. Yeah. But I believe the Padres' lack of experience is going to hurt them. It will. And it's going to lead for them in an early exit in the division round or the uh, championship round. Wow. Okay. I can, you know, I can't disagree with that. I, I don't want to see them go far, but um, I just think they will because of how good their pitching has now become. But, yeah, let's jump into our MVP choices. Uh, mine are Mike Trout. And Fernando Tatis, I think Trout will get back, um, you know, in a full 162 games, I think he'll get back to being as dominant as he is um, every year. Obviously, you think he's overrated. 
Um, I I will not disagree with that necessarily. His team doesn't make the playoffs all the time, um, but I think he won the MVP. And then Fernando Tatis, because of where how good I think the Padres will be, I think because they'll be that good, they'll get all that attention. I think Tatis will win the MVP um, in the NL. All right, respectable. Uh, I'm gonna go with for the AL. I'm gonna go with Tim Anderson. Yeah. Tim Anderson, obviously, we we just saw him take off last year. He's hitting over 300. The one thing that is going to hurt him is he's a leadoff hitter usually, so his his RBI production might be a little lower. Yeah. And obviously, he's not the biggest power guy, and MLB tends to favor power guys. Yes. But that's fair. really defer- uh, Overall, if you look at defense and offense as a whole, without just looking at home runs, I really think. Tim Anderson's the guy. So I, I'm i still going to ride with him. Yeah. And then Mookie Betts in the NL. I just think he's going to take what he did last year. And he's going to do it for 162 games this year. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, he had a slow start last year. That's what hurt his MVP case. Yes. If he plays like that all year, he would have easily yeah. been a MVP. And I think he's going to be the MVP this year. And that's what's crazy. Is I think he came in second for MVP voting. And he's a leadoff hitter. And had almost as many RBIs as, as um, uh, Freeman, who won it, who's like a three-hitter. And he so. had a better batting average, and I believe. Much better batting average. So um, I thought it was interesting to see that. And I hope Mookie Betts does win an MVP when he's with the Dodgers. I think he deserves it. So, yeah, jumping into our MLB Rookie of the Year predictions. Give him yours, and then I'll give him mine, and then we will wrap it up after that. Let's hear it. So... Out of the AL, I'm going to go with Ryan Mountcastle in Baltimore. Yep. So he's a he's like a utility guy. He can play first base or he can play outfield. Yeah. He just he's an offensive guy that MLB tends to favor. So he's got a high at batting average. He yeah. he hit 3.33 and he played about 35 games I believe last year. Right. Which still qualifies him for rookie of the year this year. And you know he hit six home runs I believe in 35 games, which it's about medium power, you know. He could do more, but obviously he's in Baltimore, right? So that's we don't see a lot of offensive production out of them. No. But this guy's this guy has been doing this in Triple A. Yeah. He's been doing Double A. He's been doing it at all levels. I believe he was a Triple A MVP at one point. He just the ceiling's high. He has power. He gets on base, and that's why I think he's going to win out of the AL. In the NL, I'm going to go Miami Marlins uh, right-hand pitcher Sixto Sanchez. He's just he's been one of the best pitching prospects in the last several years in baseball, and I think he is the guy who has the chance to turn around the Marlins. Yeah. I think, as sad as it is to say this, I think he's going to be the next Jose Fernandez of that franchise. Obviously, let's hope. Yeah, doesn't pass. He has a right. career. Yeah, but I just think Sixto Sanchez. Is Stuff is electric. He's yep. he can throw numerous pitches and he can throw them well. And I just think he's gonna be the guy. Yeah, uh, jumping into mine. So in the AL, I have Dane Dunning. He got traded, I believe, from the White Sox to the Texas Rangers. In the Lance Lynn deal, correct? Yes, in the Lance Lynn deal. I think he enjoys this new change of scenery. He already, um, you know, was pitching uh, for the uh, White Sox last year. I think he comes up and has a great year for Texas. Um, obviously, I think they lack. A lot of depth, and so that's why I think he'll start a lot of games for their rotation, and I think he's going to end up with their rookie of the year. Uh, I think what is that? He's just straight out of high school or something, right? He didn't even spend any time in the minors, and he's already up pitching, um, and I think he's going to be really good. But um, for the NL, I have Dylan Carlson for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. He already played a little bit for them last year at the end of the year. Does not did not count towards his rookie of the year campaign, um, and I think he's going to be. A phenomenal outfielder. He's going to really provide some uh, electricity back to that St. Louis team and their hitting lineup because they struggled last year in the playoffs to hit. And I think he'll be really good for them. So looking forward to seeing them both play. I just I can't wait for baseball to be back. Spring training hopefully coming around the corner. Yes. Uh, hopefully I'm going back to work soon Let's with the so. Reds and Indians. So. Cleveland baseball team. We're actually there's still the Indians this year. Still the Indians until further notice. Till 2022. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's finish it off with just a hot take from you. Uh, my hot take was the Padres. You know, despite their December acquisitions, are going to be early exit and playoffs. Yep. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to win 90 games, but I just don't think it's going to carry into playoffs. They they lack experience. 
They're going to lack chemistry with adding these new guys. Yeah. That's one of the things I think makes the Dodgers so good is that chemistry. Yes, agreed. Uh, obviously, I'm curious to see how that leads with Kike Hernandez going to be gone and possibly Justin Turner, but that would hurt. I, I just I don't think the Padres are going to be the favorites. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a hot take. Um, for me, for basketball, I don't think the Nets will win the East despite having KD and Kyrie due to their loss of Spencer Dinwiddie. He was their anchor on defense, and he also could provide good minutes when Kyrie was out at point guard, and I think that will hurt them a lot. Um, my other hot take, this one sucks to say, I think the Clippers will make it to their first Western Conference Finals this year and potentially the NBA Finals if they can outplay the Lakers in a seven-game series. That is my hot take of... Hey, if this happens, I wanted to make sure I had this recorded because I don't want to sound too stupid if they like you know end up beating the Lakers. I don't think it'll happen, but it potentially could because of how well they're playing so far this season. They've already beat the Lakers once. Obviously, LeBron played like 10 minutes in that game, so it didn't count as much, but it'll be interesting to see. And that's kind of my hot take for um, if this season goes down the drain for the Lakers, if maybe we have one injury that hurts us a lot, you know? Wow, Kent is using the show as an insurance policy. It's an insurance policy for me of, hey, I can say that I said on my podcast, or our podcast, that, hey, they might make the Western Conference Finals and potentially the Finals. So, Well, lots of takes here. Uh, I'm curious to see how our predictions for college football and the Super Bowl come true, yes. as we're going to find that out within the next month. We'll have a uh, recap of this episode, though, after most of this <laughs> stuff happens, of see where we were right and where the we were The 2021 wrong. recap? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot of time in between there. Hopefully, it's a much better year than last year. Let's hope so. Um, we got some great content coming up. We're going to start uh, within the next couple of weeks. We're going to start with kind of the NBA recap of what we've seen the first couple weeks of the season. Yep. And then we're going to do a little update on the MLB off seasons as, you know, we got six weeks till spring training. Some moves are bound to happen Some, in the next few something weeks. Something has to happen. Real Muto, um, you know, what's his name from the, the Astros kid? Springer. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We're also going to have some awesome episodes with a few members of the GCU baseball team, whether it's players or you know, one of my good friends um, who works as their uh, head equipment manager. So we're really, really looking forward to it. Um, having a few awesome guests on from the GC baseball team coming up. Yeah, but other than that, it's great to finally be back. We hope you guys all enjoyed your winter and yep, Christmas absolutely. breaks and all of that. But, Ken, other than that, be there or, or be, be square, square, baby. And check out our merch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.